Welcome to Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. I'm Sam. On today's episode, we'll be chatting all about private practice season five, episode three. Episode three, Deal With It, was written by Jennifer Cecil and directed by Randy Zisk. It aired on October 13th, 2011. Enjoy! Please welcome actor, director, teaching artist, inclusion activist, and host of the podcast, Conversations with a Mixed Chick, Christina Pena. Hi, everyone. Thanks for being on with us today. Thank you for having me. What else are you reading and or watching right now? So I'm reading a lot. I set a goal to read 52 books this year, and I'm already at like... 37. I just read this book though. It made me think of you. It's called Funny You Should Ask. And the main character gave like a mix of Christina and Sam vibes. I'm going to send it to you because I was like, meaning me and you or meaning Christina Yang and Sam Bennett? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, meaning me and you. Oh Oh my God. You have to ask. ask. Fair. She's like a, a Jewish girl who lives in LA who like is a. A journalist who like meets this guy who's like a super famous movie star and they fall in love super cute but it made me think of you like the whole time I read it I was like wow and I read it in two days you're manifesting that for me is what you're saying manifesting they don't get married to like 10 years later and he was James Bond anyway manifest that for you cool thank you so much you're welcome yeah I have been on like not an anti-reading kick but I just like can't I've been on more of a podcast kick than a book kick right now I'm waiting for spare to be available from the library me too me too yeah I've been waiting for it since before it came out but the wait list obviously is super long so yeah Mm -hmm. I can't wait Mm -hmm. are you watching anything or just reading mainly just reading Okay. And then I watch tons of reality TV. I think that's how I like juxtaposition my so much fiction consumption is I watch reality TV to like feel balanced. Because reality TV is notoriously real. Yes. And RuPaul's Drag Race is everything right now. So that's where I'm at. <gasps> oh, yeah. I haven't talked to you about this season. Who? Okay. So. We have the top four. It will have been announced by the time this airs. Yeah. I'm team Sasha, obviously, slash of course Anitra. You are. Yeah. Then, like, Lux is my third choice. Who are you? I'm a team Anitra, but I, like, I don't know, but I understand from a reality TV perspective, Sasha will win and Anitra will go on to All Stars. That's what I'm, it's kind of like the Jada from a couple seasons ago. She was, like, yeah. at the peak. And, yeah. like, not that she had no more to show because, obviously, there's much more to show. But, like, I yeah. understood that Jada would win that year. Yeah. But, like, Gigi isn't going to go on All-Stars. Anyway, this will, this will get on a whole other content. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that that's what I think. But I don't know. So. Yeah. Amazing. Well, this airs in June. And it is So now. you should put in a, a, and we found out this is who won. And we found out this is who won. <laughs> yes <laughs> do you have anything to promote right now just being kind to one another that's what i have to promote right now you want to say it again for the people in the back <laughs> be kind to one another like actual kind let's start with our patient breakdown there's a lot of patients this episode absolutely we have first notes and miscellaneous per usual then we have addison forbes montgomery again i'm not giving her a diagnosis 
Nina with Mayer Rokotansky Custer Hauser syndrome. Lucas Wilder has ear discomfort. And I'm going to talk about Violet and Pete in that section as well. Yeah. Laura Martin has Parkinson's disease and gonorrhea. Will Martin has gonorrhea. And then we meet Erica and Mason Warner. I was going to say Mason was there for a well child visit, but we didn't actually like hear what they were doing there besides, you know, the obvious. Yeah. So I only have a few notes on them, but I don't know. I just thought it was important to include them in our patient breakdown. What's your first note? Oh, my God. Okay. This is like the best way to start an episode ever where it goes, he does this thing with his tongue. I die. I was like, this is, wow. This is the episode we're doing? Great. Cool. <laughs> it was it was great. It was a perfect way to start an episode. My first note is very different. <laughs> Last episode recorded with Melody, our dear friend, told me that private practice is now available on Prime without ads. I know. That was my phase two. That was my phase two. <laughs> I'm so mad I watched it on Hulu last night. What the hell? I know. So I mean, I would rather, <sighs> like, support Hulu than Prime, but, like, I don't you know. use my own Prime. Me either. I don't pay for it. Come at me, Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I watched the first, like, section on Hulu, and then I was like, wait a minute. I don't have to do that. And I switched over. I love that for you. Yeah. That's my only first note. Do you have more? Should we switch on to Miss Addie? I feel like that's my only first note because Addison was like right there. Yeah. Yeah. I said, girl has spent some time at the beach. She is tan today. She and Amelia were both like very bronzed. Yes. Very tan. And then she goes down her list of like love interest and she goes, I think I was in love with Mark for a little while. And I was like, you think? You think? Girl. It made me so happy she said that because I'm a true McSteamy lover and I was like, wow, oh, I love it, Mark. Yep. But then we find out that Addison thinks that Sam is a better person than she is. But then made me think, Addison has never purposefully not saved a patient. Addison has never, you know, broken up with her spouse to seek new horizons. Now, she has cheated. Well, no, she just did that well with a spouse. Well with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But hey, what one is better? Don't know. Hope I never have to. I just am, uh, I think I'm just so annoyed with the whole Addison and Sam relationship right now that I'm just anti-Sam because I can't be anti-Addison. It's just not in my DNA. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Addison is saying she's meeting with these new specialists and- then she's like, oh, Sam, like, I'm sorry. I know I don't really – you don't really want to talk about this. And he goes, I'm happy for you. It's your thing. I am endlessly annoyed that they're together right now. It's so strange to me. Like, that doesn't make any – like, I get you want to separate what's ha- – like, as separate. But I feel like this is because I'm from California. In, Cali- in the state of California, when you get married, you become one. Like, there's everything – There's doesn't matter if you want to separate things. So, like, I've always seen marriage as, like, you're one. Or you're, like, even a relationship is, like, as one. So it's just, like, weird that they want to separate these important parts of their lives. To me, at least. I was also confused, like, first of all, she made herself a strawberry doctor. He just wanted to highlight that. At the end, Sam started asking her about the IVF doctors and, like, what one she liked, what one she doesn't like. 
I feel like is his way of trying not to be Laura's husband with that blind spot or Parkinson's patient that we're going to talk about later. Mm -hmm. But then I was really wondering, is he okay having a child and raising this child, but just not being the bio dad? Or is he just going to be like, live in Uncle Sam? I don't know. Like, I don't know. That's always really weird to me. I don't think he knows. Yeah. I don't think he knows. And that's like the, the base of the issue is that like, neither of them know what's going on and they're fine putting off hurt and heartbreak for being okay right now i always feel like relationships are like you want to get somewhere together and i feel like they're just not going anywhere together like they're in the they're at very different starting lines and there's no way they're going to end anywhere near each other yeah and it's almost like is he letting her do this because he knows he's not going to be there and he's just going to leave like is that his plan like he's just like if I do this, I'm stuck. But if I let you do this by yourself, then I'm free to leave at any time. Which, I mean, he does, right? Like, yeah. he waited until Mayo was, what, like, 12? And then he yeah. was like, okay, I'm going to, you know, not be with Naomi anymore. See what else is out there. Yeah. It makes me really mad. Yeah. Dear listeners, don't do this in a relationship. <laughs> just, like, don't. If it's not going to work out, just, like, end it. Fair. Okay fair that's all i have for my girl Addie. do you have anything else yeah i wrote that i love sex focused addison i always forget there's like this like weird like addison's a super great arc and everything she does like from gray is to here but then when she's like sex obsessed it's just a different vibe and i really enjoy it and like even if you look at like when she like with is with like mcsteamy or when she's with alex like these things are just like really interesting and funny to me because it it breaks from her, all of her, like, not angst, but Addison is always really, like, buttoned up, emotional and angsty yeah. to me and, like, pulled together. And and so it gives her, like, this, like, freedom that you don't really get to see in a character like Addison Montgomery and makes me happy. Okay. Oh, and I loved hearing about the new name. Oh, yeah. I have that towards yeah. the end, but let's bring it up here because it has to do with her, really. It was in her therapy appointment. So, yes. <laughs> True. So the new name of Oceanside Wellness is Seaside Health and Wellness. Very broad change. Sure. She says she's gonna, she, she says that she considered calling it Montgomery Wellness and decides not to because it's a cooperative practice and the name reflects that. But it was really interesting, maybe funny to me, that this episode would have been concurrent to season eight of Grey's Anatomy. And in season nine, the hospital name changes to Gray Sloan from Seattle Grace Mercy West for different reasons, of course, than what's happening right here. But it still has to do with money in a way. Mm-hmm. And of course, calling it Gray Sloan is not naming it for the person who, you know, it's not, it wouldn't be the same reason as Montgomery Wellness, but still. Well, and it's not Gray as in like Meredith Gray. It's, it's, it's Lexi Gray. She's there. Yeah, I know. So it's like, it's, it's a little, it, I get it. But yeah, I do yeah. like that it it shows growth for Addison because it means that she's the. When we first meet Addison in like Grey's Anatomy, her I coat, hair roll, did not yeah. like her because she was so <gasps> self. I know. It's okay. I know. Continue. Continue. No. Tomato. Tomato. Continue. No. Please. No. Wait. Let me just, let me just say it's the best entrance in all of television, and you could not fight me on that. I will go to my grave saying it's the best character entrance I've ever seen. But 
She's, like, made to be this, like, selfish, self-absorbed woman who cheated on her husband and da 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 And so, like, to see her at this point where she's, like, I want everyone involved and I care about everyone around me is a very different Addison. And it's nice to see that she's changing and growing and being a better person. I'll I'll go with you on the character growth. Obviously, <laughs> I'm not agreeing with you on not liking her in the beginning. Fair. But then she deflects and says it's not about her, but it's Sam's generosity of spirit that has rubbed off on her, mm-hmm. which I do not agree with. No. So sure, like Sam is fine. I, I, I really don't dislike Sam as much as it's coming off right now. Just annoyed so with him at the moment. It's Tay Diggs. How can you hate Tay Diggs? Exactly. We love, we love him. I love me a Tay Diggs. But it's like when we first got on this call before we started recording, you said something and I was like, don't deflect, don't deflect. I had just finished watching this episode. So I was, I had my Sheldon and me. She's deflecting her own personal growth and her own progress. She's like giving her power to a man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not even, not even to a man because like if she was like, oh, it's because of Nay. It do- doesn't matter whatever gender the Fair. person is, but just not giving herself that credit for what she has gone through and will go through. I just wanted her to boss up for herself like she does for her friends and her patients. That would be nice. Yeah. All right. Now to Nina with mayer rokitansky custer hauser syndrome. So I looked this up. Mm-hmm. It's also called Mullerian agenus. Ag- Age agenesis, mm-hmm. Mullerian. Well, you know, Mullerian cancer is cancer of the lining of the uterus, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I really wanted to find out, like, because it has so many names, and they're all names of people. So I wanted to know, like, who discovered this? Like, if they couldn't come up with another name besides including all of their long, complicated names into it. Yeah. Yeah. I was I couldn't find like the base of it though. And in real life, there was a trial that launched in 2017. Mm-hmm. And in 2019, a woman enrolled in the UNTIL trial delivered the second baby in the nation to be born following the transplantation of a uterus from a deceased donor. Yeah. So, this is 2011. That's 2019. Um, I also want to just, you know, point out for our dear listeners who likely already know this, that in season 18 of Grace, 10 years after this episode and one or two years after that successful birth, the second birth, Addison goes to Seattle to do uterine transplant on a patient named Tova who we get to know over a few episodes. And no wonder she wasn't optimistic about Nina's prospects at this point. It is a really good question, though, that Jake is wanting to do this because we can transplant hearts, livers, lungs, kidneys. Like, why not a uterus? Like, I understand why we can't do a brain transplant, but they do bone marrow transplants, you know. Again, I couldn't help but wonder, do uteruses not get affected by menopause? Uh, No. I know this. So I know this, actually. My mother had breast cancer and... um, was not in menopause yet and to take a certain medicine because she has a blood clotting gene she had to get put into menopause like basically like but they just remove your ovaries it's your ovaries not your uterus 
Exactly, because the ovaries is where yeah. the eggs come from, and yeah. you know, ovulation comes from the over ovaries. So, like, I did know this. Yeah, the uterus is just yeah. like the home for the baby to grow in. Mm-hmm. It's like a like a bit like a tiny bassinet. <laughs> yeah, like a tiny <laughs> bassinet. <laughs> like if you're gonna think of it that way. Oh my gosh! Be, I mean, you think of it, right? It's like it's a fair, tiny fair. bassinet. It's the womb. Yeah, right. It's the womb. Yeah, it's really nice that her, I think she calls her her gamma, her gammy. Her gammy. Yeah, her gammy offers to do this for her, and that's beautiful and, like, so kind. And I feel like my, like, maternal grandparent figures would have offered to do the same for me if they were able. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't have said yes. I would have, I did a serious double take when they're like, my grandma's going to give me her uterus. And I'm like, that's, is that? I also had, like, questions because, like you said, like, there was a trial and all of this. Like, it's not something you could just do. Yeah. Like, a procedure like this seems like it's a a new procedure that needs months to plan. That's not something you can just be like, let's do it in one episode. Like, it just... It- and forever on Grey's, we have patients being, like... Yeah. On death's door. And the doctors, usually Bailey and Richard, are like, there's this... I was reading about this trial, but... And then Richard or Bailey goes, but we aren't approved. Like the UNOS would take our funding or like UNOS would blah, blah, blah. Or like, so yeah, it's not like a yeah. funsy thing. Yeah, no. I was like, but it's really like interesting that it happened just so fast. Off the bat. Yeah. And Addison says her mother just died. She's not thinking clearly. And I said, Addie knows from what she speaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The monologue that Nina gives to Addison about, you know, wanting to worry about this child that came from her is exactly what Addison is feeling, I feel. I feel that mm-hmm. we saw her thinking that when it came out. But there's also other ways to love and worry besides having delivered a child. I also went through this, like, idea when we're watching it and they talk about, like, you don't need to give birth to a child to be a mother Yes, of course. And not that it, like, kind of dates the show, but, like, I thought it was really interesting that the men in the episode are the ones to bring up other options. Like, the men are standing standing around in, I think, Jake's office, and they talk about, like, well, you could adopt, you could have a surrogate. Like, the men are sitting there having this conversation instead of the women, which I found very interesting because those are conversations that are normally led for, like, women in TV. Yeah. So... Interesting. I did like that. I do think part of it has to do with Sheldon being the psych angle of all of it. And also yeah. right now, Charlotte and Amelia are worried about Charlotte and Amelia. And Fair. Violet's not on the show. So I think yeah. that it also has to do with like who in that moment would be tuned into the conversation. Yeah. And I also just want to point out that like this is what they got in trouble for and why they have to change their name in the first place. I had so many questions about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So – just pointing that out there yeah nina's little hospital gown with the lemons did you clock that it was cute it was really cute i feel like i normally get some like gross blue with like dots that look like it's from 1975 yeah but she had cute little lemons and jake's bedside manner is beautiful and watching addison watch him through those blinds is just lovely i kind of hope that she goes back to him for fertility treatments 
at this moment I'm not remembering if she does or doesn't, but when also, he says, go ahead. I was just to say, that scene is really awkward because the grandma is just like laying in bed and you can't tell if she's, yeah, I'm like, um, <laughs> so am I going to check on the grandma? If I were Nina, I would be more worried about my grandma at that point. Me too. And I don't want to call her selfish, but like, <laughs> come on. It didn't work. You knew it might not work. Like, that's the thing. Anyway. Yeah. And her grandma yeah. did too, right? But yeah. I would be like, I want to know how the grandma's doing. She had a very invasive procedure. But At an Jake old age. says, yeah, 66, yeah. I think they said. So, like, not that old. Oh, I thought she was way older than that. Same. But, yeah, 66. That's a young grandma. It is. It is. Especially for someone that, I mean, Nina's not old, but someone mature enough to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Jake says, it wasn't giving birth to you that defined mother- motherhood for her. He says, if your mother were here now, she would say, it wasn't giving birth to you. If like, the way that you first looked at her, your head on her shoulder, and like all of these beautiful things that like, honestly, I wouldn't expect to come out of his mouth in 2011 on a TV show. Yeah. So they're showing, because at the beginning of the episode, when he was coming in with the uterine transplant, I kind of was like, okay, so this is another fife that we have here. Like, on the front of medicine, like, he's just doing whatever he wants to do. Like, because he even says, don't you want to be a part of history? And now we see that he has what fife didn't have or didn't show us. He has the heart to back it up, the heart to share and back it up. I also really like that he knew to call the baby a girl because – you know, she wanted a girl to mm-hmm. have from the relationship from the mom to the grandma. And then I said, cue the story goes on from baby. That's all I was oh thinking of the gosh. entire episode. <laughs> yes. I'll yes. link that in the show notes if I remember. Oh, please do. I mean, baby is a really great show. It's from the 80s, late 80s, I want to say. And it follows these three couples. It's a musical, obviously. So good. It follows these three couples in like different stages and – wants for pregnancies but they're all pregnant and um it shows their journey and the youngest of them is like wow I'm pregnant just like my mom and my mom and my mom and her mom and her mom and yeah I'll just like there's a revival happening soon too am I wrong there's like something happening I'm so like clued out of it (sighs) all they're just like fine (laughs) had to take some space that's all I have for Nina do you have anything else Nope, nothing else. But I really liked Nina, so. Okay. <laughs> I wanted her to have a therapist. Please. On to Lucas Wilder with ear discomfort. I'm, I just put all my Pete and Violet stuff in here as well. Same. Violet goes, what if he perfed his eardrum? And then she goes, tell me where the cool mommies are. She's like so manic at this point. She's just like, I mean, I have much later when Pete says to her near the end of the episode that she's already bored with motherhood. You don't think that raising our child is important work. And I was like, I am not team Violet. We know this. No. But not everyone is built to stay at home with a toddler. And her semi breakdown with Cooper here shows that she's like, I want to say she's losing it, but like she is a person who needs mental stimulation in a way that she's not going to get at home and like I babysat infants for quite a while 
And that Same. worked for me because I could like prepare other auditions while they were sleeping. Like I enjoy cutting fruit, <laughs> but like it is not for everyone. And Violet, I don't, it's not good for Violet. And honestly, I don't think it's great for Lucas. Mm-mm. Yeah. I always find the, the double household parent working in a relationship hard on TV because there's never like an actual, com- like, there's either like a big fight like this or it all just works out. Like there's never a like a middle ground of where everyone is like working out what it means to be a co-parent and like not even like co-parent like split up, but like both people want to work just and to- both people. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just so interesting because like, yeah, I agree. Like you watch the first scene with her and Lucas in the in the doctor's office and you're like, wow, she's just like not present. Yeah. And the, not even like present in a bad way but like she doesn't know how to be a mom she's not doing and, like, well yeah and i always think it like it takes more than to be a mom than just like having to be there all the time and be 100 in it especially when she like goes to those mommy and me groups it's just like i don't know i you feel can, like yeah you can be a mother and you can be a wonderful mother and not want to be with your child 24 7 well and it takes good mothers to know that Yes. Yeah. It takes someone who really is aware of like themselves and their own issues to know that they don't, they can't be around, especially with like people with postpartum and all of that, like traumatic births. You have to know what is happening to do that. And I think that I wish, I wish Violet, you see it towards the end of the episode, but I wish she like figured it out a little sooner, but I'm glad she's figuring it out. Yes. Yes. Yeah. At four minutes and 30 seconds when Pete and Sheldon are walking down the promenade of that we were in just a little over a year ago, yeah. when you came to visit, come again soon. Will do. The people are on the benches on the sides and staring at the camera. Like, did they not block off this area to film? Like, it's very obvious that they have certain extras know, like, to cross behind them at certain times. And, like, that's mm-hmm. obvious that those are, like, paid extras but yeah. the people who are just sitting on the benches i'm like were you just here to like get a smoothie and you because you have to sign a waiver like i've been walking around new york la like even pittsburgh and they're like we're filming here if you want to walk through like that's fine but your image will be captured they filmed in front of my dorm once in la and i was like could you just not like could you Oh my gosh, my first like month living in New York, I lived on the top apartment walk up, right? Yeah. When we were neighbors. And right. they were filming some superhero show or action show. I still don't know what when it was, but yeah. they were filming it on our roof. So and in the middle of the night. So there was there were light directly into my window. And I had just moved, so like I didn't have anything to block it off with. There was light directly in my window, and they were like stomping, stomping, stomping on the roof for hours. That's they did that with in the heights when we lived in the heights. They had like a light. They weren't filming in my house. They were filming like one block over, and like the you can still see it. Yeah, but they're filming Carnival de Barrio in the mm-hmm. at night they filmed like at night and it looked like day in the movie anyway they're filming this thing all this light is coming into my room i went down and i found a pa and i was like listen listen mr pa how late are you gonna be here and he's like 
uh, well, I get off at three and I'm like, well, I have to work at six. So I need these lights handled. Yep. <laughs> Literally nothing happened. But it was really funny because I was so sleep deprived. I was like, I need you to fix this. <laughs> Listen, no one fixes shit for us. Anyway. Yeah, I think that they were just there because you can't close off that whole promenade. There's no way. No, but you could close off like the half a block that you're using. I guess so. If you go at like 5 or 6 a.m. But I guess I wanted to look like it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the same thing happens again at 22 minutes and 21 seconds when they're by the beach next to the volleyball courts. And then I was LOLing knowing that this was done on the same day and they just like changed their clothes. Because it's like very close to each other. Budget. We work on budget. Yeah. When Pete is talking to Sheldon, saying she thinks I'm going to drop dead any minute, he says it with disdain for her. We get to the root of it at the end of the episode when Sheldon – oh, my God, not Sheldon because it's – Also, how weird is it that Sheldon and Pete are doing, like, therapy together when Sheldon could have been Lucas's dad? That is so weird. He is not who I would go to to talk about Violet. No. And when Violet in the end of the last episode said that Pete needed to get a therapist, she didn't mean Sheldon. Yeah. She meant someone outside of the – like, she didn't mean her other possible baby daddy. It's just, like, funny because it's not, like, actual therapy. It's just, like, talking and, like, the weird dynamic of being friends with a therapist. Exactly. And when Sheldon goes, don't be such a baby. You want the benefit of my expertise without paying. You get honesty, too. I was like, yes, Sheldon. Because this whole season so far, and most of last season, he's just been used as a plot device. Like, he barely has any... We don't know anything about him. We just know that he helps other people. Like, I want to know more about Sheldon. Me, too. I like Sheldon. Everybody else. We know, like, their relationship with their parents, their love life, everything. But all we know is that Sheldon tries to be with these women... And they choose the other person. Like, we don't know anything else about Sheldon. Yeah. I feel like all my notes in this section were about Violet's hair. I said, Violet is looking extraordinarily beautiful in this episode. Hair and makeup and outfit, maybe not working, is agreeing with her. Uh. And then I said, and then she cuts all her hair off in all caps. I said, she likes, she still looks nice, sure, but like, it's such a change. Well, and it just pro- it just like shows the dynamic of she's not doing well. I just like wonder. Here's the thing. I'm not a writer, so I don't understand this. I mean, like I am a writer, but like not like that kind of writer. Anyway, but yeah. I think about like, did she cut her hair and then they created this storyline around her cutting her hair? Or like, was this the storyline and then they just added the haircut in? Because like, there's like both options, but I feel like I don't know which one's better. I hope that it was somewhere in between where yeah because if you're on a show like this like you have to ask permission to do anything like you can't get another piercing you can't cut your hair if you get a haircut it's going to be in the hair and makeup trailer likely yeah you can't get tattoos like you can't do anything drastic to your physical appearance without permission so my thought unless you do it like during the break yeah or the summer sure and even then has to be like yeah. yeah 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 My thought is that they were writing this and then Amy Brenneman was like, I'm thinking about chopping all of my hair off. And they were like, we'll work with you. Yeah. Because the only person who said anything so far is Addison. Pete didn't say anything. Maybe Pete didn't even notice. (laughs) Probably. I'm in the mommy and me group right now. (gasps) I was so cringy. It was so bad. The one mom, she's like, red or white? And I'm assuming it's like 930 in the morning whatever and then she says oh yeah we all read your book and loved it 
So they were all just talking about her before she came in. Of course they were. Yeah. And then they ask about her book, Did You Write It to Help with Preschool Applications? And I said, I bet Violet's mad she didn't think of that first. It also shows, like, the craziness of what it's like to have a baby. Because, like, I I have friends who have young kids who are, like, a year old and they're thinking about preschool. And I'm like, oh, what yeah. Is, what? But I feel like I'd be somewhere in between, like, the drinking wine, the preschool, and, like, Violet, who has no idea what she's doing. No. I mean, Violet's been yeah. a little bit preoccupied. A little bit. But, yeah. Another thing I was going to say when we were talking about the parents' household working is a lot of mm. friends that I know who have children who are, like, around our age and even a little bit older, mm-hmm. they either have both parents working and then one parent's entire salary goes to childcare, or they choose for one parent not to work so that they don't have that giant childcare cost, and it really doesn't even take that big of a hit to their budget. Yeah. So the cost of childcare in this country is just exorbitant. I just always hate that it's normally the woman. And it's getting less and less that way. But it, like it I is have friends. getting less. I would say my friends that I'm thinking of, I mean, some of them are not, you know, male, female couples, but same. sometimes it's the man. Oh, I have no. I have I have tons of friends who are the dad who stays home, like yeah. absolutely. But it's just funny that like what's where we're at in the world still is that that year twenty twenty three. Yeah, yeah. No, it's funny because I'm staying at my grandma's house, and uh, my grandma got fired for being pregnant in the sixties, and so it's yeah. quite interesting that like this is how far we've come, and this is the conversations we're having, and I'm. Very excited about where we're going to go because we have a long ways to go. In the series or in the world? Both. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not true. You only have like a season and a half left. Well, maybe more. The six seasons really short, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's trying to practice on these children. She's like, well, it's really not normal for the five-year-old to be biting. Yeah, she hates like, that she can't control it. It's season five, and we're just now hearing about Pete's foster home child trauma, and it's very much just, like, in one scene, in a walk and talk. Mm-hmm. Didn't make a lot of sense. It's very thrown off, too. Yeah, so many Grey's Anatomy characters are foster kids. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Addison calling out that she and Violet are not friends is such a mood. She was like, we work together, but, like, we're not friends. <laughs> Seriously, it was Oh my god, so good. Violet so good. needs a therapist. Again, not in her office. When Violet goes, you used to sleep with my husband, you used to take care of my son. I was when like, she okay. screams that for the yeah. entire playground to hear. I was like, um, Violet, you need some help. You need some help. Just a little bit. Oh. Anyway. And then at oh, yeah. 20 29 minutes and 10 seconds when Addison starts to like, you know, do a copacetic friendship oh yeah Violet goes we were obviously still talking about me we weren't done (laughs) (laughs) the writers and I bet even Amy Brenneman know and were poking fun at Violet's insufferableness like gosh no one likes Violet at this point Jackson does but that's all (laughs) that's it sorry Jackson that's fine. Um, he knows. He knows that everyone. He's like, it's fun. It's good TV. And I said, okay, fine. When they're on the swings. Yes. 
just like on the playground and they're eating lunch. It was just, they were like kids, right? She goes, do you want to be friends? Do you? She pulled out like a fancy salad too. I was like, that's like Erwin. Waldorf salad. Exactly. Do you want to be friends? <laughs> do you? I like your haircut. And she goes, without na- without Nay, I'm really lonely. We'll be friends. Aww. And the scene on the swings, like. It's like us. <laughs> as long as I get to be Addison and you're fine being Violet. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> that tracks at this point. <laughs> don't don't say that about yourself. You can be Charlotte. <laughs> Definitely Charlotte. Anyway, no, it no, it's cute. I like it's really funny. This episode's had like very it wasn't like it was just a very different vibe and like dynamic than I'm used to in these episodes we've talked about. Yeah. And I can't tell if it's like the childhood aspect or like the sexual aspect or like what is happening that just like is like the new season they go a different direction this season and also it's not it's not a director that we are familiar with really so it's just like a new directing style as well yeah violet wants to start another book it makes sense i guess because she can't work right now and pete says Mm -hmm. lucas is going to need therapy when he's old enough to read the first one after mm-hmm. Pete is the was the first one to be like, yeah, totally write this book. I feel like the writer is just punking us this entire time. Yeah, I feel like Pete's going – I mean, like, obviously Pete's going through something, but you can just, like, yeah. see it. It's very evident. Yeah, yeah. This whole episode, we're trying to figure out, like, what it is that Pete is going through, even though, like, we know it's the heart attack and his own mortality. When – he says to her, I'm afraid I'll die before I'm done raising Lucas. Mm. That's the root of the issue. Yeah. And I'm glad that he verbalized that and sort of realizes it. So now he can hopefully make the turn. Mm-hmm. After two episodes of just being mean to everybody, he can make the turn of like, I know what the issue is. I know what I'm afraid of. How do I? I don't know deal with address it, it. Mm-hmm. yeah that's all i have for lucas pete violet me too yeah yeah On to laura martin with parkinson's disease and gonorrhea and will martin with gonorrhea i have consulted with some of our contributors to this podcast and i have certified that amelia is a neurosurgeon and not a neurologist okay a neurosurgeon does not simply oversee a parkinson's patient a neurosurgeon cuts which like she proposes to do right but a neurologist is the one who you you know who adjusts your who adjusts your medication and who works on a care plan a neurosurgeon does not a neurosurgeon cuts my question is because like i i know this this show but like not as well as like grace in like this dynamic that they have of their practice, would it make sense she does both and not just surgery? Or like I'm trying to remember like other patients she has because like she has like it's not always a lot. But like this is this is the first time we are seeing her with her own patient. I wanna there. say every other time we have seen her interacting with a patient, she's been brought on to consult. Mm-hmm. And it's always been for a surgical consult. Yeah, that makes sense then. Yeah. Okay. And she has her own office, so like she has to pull her own weight with patients, I guess. But yeah, I don't know how I felt about the medication side effects being used as a comedic storyline. 
not so cute, but I guess I get it. I mean, like, you have to have a comedic storyline, but like, I don't know if it's. I mean, like, I guess it's comedic with all the sex and everything, but like, I really wrote like my first line was Parkinson's to gonorrhea is quite a jump, and I had no idea what was like gonna happen. It was before I even like started watching the episode, and I was like, oh, okay. I don't. I mean, like, I get that it's funny, but then you get to like the ending of it, and you're like, oh, it's not actually funny. Like, it's like there's actual problems happening in the relationship that yeah. are not just like the jokes and funny and all yeah, that yeah it's not just about that it's also not even like the the jokes aren't from her, like some are about her but like they're all about this doctor's office who likes to make fun of and laugh about their patient's sex life oh which is like a severe red flag but the music was playing while oh. she was talking about her exploits with the plumber and i loved the exploit because he fixed her leaky faucet yeah, like I get how it's funny. It's just yeah. If I was having issues with side effects of my medicines, yeah. First of all, like I wouldn't approach it the way that she does, but like no. And and I wouldn't adjust a dose without consulting a medical professional. A doctor, yeah. But um yeah. Yeah. I was also laughing at Amelia being uncomfortable with the oversharing that she would have done one season ago. And she's growing and maturing right before our eyes. I literally wrote, I love shrink Amelia. She's so uncomfortably cute. I know. (laughs) It's so good. I love her. Makes her better character. It gives her an arc that I enjoy. Exactly. It gives her growth. Yeah. Which leads to more growth and more happenings that happen soon i think okay (laughs) she says dbs is my magic wand which oh my gosh yeah great laura laura or maybe i laura was talking about well but i say what was medication versus what was choice i think maybe sam and amelia were talking about that oh yeah and sam says illness changes people inside and out i had major problems with sam and the storyline. Oh, yeah. Oh, Way yeah. out of bounds. Like, she's not his patient. Her husband is. Like, I was like, what is happening? I'm hap- seeing you as a friend. Yeah, I'm like, what is happening? Because, like, that is not. And, like, not that he wasn't that before. But I'm like, this is just, like, no. No, 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 no. No. He says, marriage vows say in sickness and in health. And I said, okay, Sam, you're one to talk about lifetime commitment. Fair. Not there for that. The husband at one point says, this is more terrifying. Like, the surgery is more terrifying than life without me. Like, damn, that man is a gaslighter. Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh. And just, like, to have Sam back him up. just. But then afterwards, I do think Sam understands where she's coming from when all is said and done. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed her, like, speech of, like, claiming her sexual frustration with her husband. Like, I feel like that was so important to the story and i think that it it makes you like realize what's actually happening and and the moment she says what'd she say she says like so don't judge me please it was like oh that's the moment where we realize that like we're wrong and like even even as a audience member i was like well like like we talked about they're laughing at this this is the comedic storyline and you're like oh no you're doing exactly what you shouldn't be doing as an audience member so it's like a put back in your place moment that was enjoyable yes yeah dbs sounds like a good option but i was also wondering like 
what about decreasing the dose again unless Amelia doesn't trust that she won't up it again without permission or guidance or it's something with like once the dose has been increased like decreasing it will also decrease the effectiveness and then Amelia says we're not talking about opiates your meds aren't addictive and I said that's a way to sneak in the other Amelia storyline into this yep yeah this woman also needs a therapist maybe that's just like the theme of the episode is we all need therapy yeah i also i really don't like when like patients or families of patients ask doctors to lie like that's my least favorite storyline and i feel like it happens kind of a lot yeah anything else for laura or will martin i can't tell if i just didn't like this storyline i can't tell what it is like this one felt kind of forced i would agree it served a purpose on its own and it also served a purpose to have Sam understand-ish. Yeah, I get where it, I get why it was there. I just like it wasn't my favorite. Yeah. 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 I like stories more where like there is not a clear villain. And there was mm-hmm, obviously mm-hmm. a clear like we're not supposed to like the husband. Yeah. Yeah. Anta, Erica, and Mason Warner. I don't have a lot, but again, I felt like it was important to include. Erica's incredibly beautiful and she says I have a son he's eight and then Cooper's like oh cool oh cool so Cooper might have a son I literally wrote Cooper has a son that's a cliffhanger like I feel like this episode was like shot out of the fire with Addison's like tongue comment and then like shot out of the fire again at the end that was like Cooper has a son and I'm like what is where is why is no one talking about safe sex like what is happening? Like what? It was like pulling. It was like pulling teeth in the last episode to get Sam to buy condoms. It was just like it was really funny. I was like, "What is? What? Why are we having like a sex moment? Like what is happening?" But if Cooper has a son, I'm. I don't know what's gonna happen. Okay. But I really like that act. The kid, the kid actor was really good. I, he's been in other he's, things. Like he is. He's in. He's actually in. Cruel Summer now with Katie Strickland, which is like oh, that's what it is. Okay, I was like PBS or some one of those like cable. He's like a teen actor now. Yeah, got it. Cute. Mm -hmm. That's really all I had was Cooper has a son. (laughs) On to miscellaneous. I feel like my miscellaneous is just a bunch of quotes. Okay, I have like a little bit about Amelia at AA, and then I have some about Charlotte. Yes, both of those. Yeah, I just, my first note is Amelia at AA, heart, 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 heart. She is so sad and she's hurting so much. She says she's humiliated. I just want to give her a hug. Why are you laughing? Yeah, I said because my note is, my note note says, is it bad I really like messy Amelia? No, it's not bad at all. (laughs) It was just how you said it. I was like, oh no, I'm such a bad person. No, I mean, there's a reason that she's like a super popular character and has been around for this long. Yeah, no, you're right. It's yes, it's very heartbreaking, but it's also like I really there's something about Messy Amelia that just like makes the show better. The Messy Amelia that we saw in either episode one or episode two when she's like, he's a painter. He paints houses. He has a six pack. Mm -hmm. Like that Messy Amelia I love. This Messy Amelia when she realizes that her choices are like devastating, I want to say. Still lovable, but just I want to give her a hug. She says, I put together a decade and now I can't get past 30 days. Yeah. And then she says to Charlotte, because we always talk about Charlotte having two full-time jobs. 
And Amelia says, chief of staff and curfew police, you're a busy woman. (laughs) God, so good. Oh, I love her. That's my Amelia at AA. Now I have Cooper and Charlotte. And I still cannot believe that Cooper and Charlotte still live in this tiny studio apartment. Oh, my God. Right? They were looking for houses. And then they just, like, stopped. And now they're married. And they're still living in, like, a smaller apartment than I have. And my apartment's very small. Yeah. No. Yeah. Cooper was trying to apologize, what he thought was, like, apologies. And Charlotte was calling his bluff, knowing that he doesn't know what he's supposed to be apologizing for. I was like, okay, girl. I loved it. Yeah. I love when Cooper plays piano. Yeah. I liked that Charlotte called herself the Wicked Witch of St. Ambrose. Did you have a quote about that? No. My quote about this is, like, when Amelia says, wow, you're a bitch to me and to Cooper. Who knew you had such range? (laughs) Such range. I did love that part. I said, don't come for Charlotte like that. Don't come for my Charlotte. I love Charlotte. Yeah. I think that their dynamic is really funny because, like, it's just all the relationships in the show are so dysfunctional right now. And it's just like, what is happening? Like, can anyone be happy? No. No, of course not. No. Like, it's just like, ugh. It was funny to me that what made Charlotte forgive Cooper, quote unquote, was him saying, I don't regret saving Carrie, but I do regret not having your back. I will never put you in that position. And Charlotte was just like fine with it. I really wanted her to be like, you better not or something like charlotte Yeah. And that was a very heavy butt slap in the waiting room. Here for it. Here for it. I would be here for it if it was in the kitchen, but not in the waiting room. I mean, yeah. Yeah. A little unprofessional, but. Yeah. I want to hear your quotes. Oh, I've said most of them. But my other one was the one that kind of got me was sometimes a woman needs a drink when you tell her she's infertile. Oh, yeah. I was like, that's a really weird statement for a fertility. It was just like, I couldn't tell if I liked it or I didn't. And I, I literally wrote, I have no idea how to handle what was just said. And it was like this moment of I, I it made me feel icky. I don't know. There's something I... It gave me the ick, as the kids would say. The youths. I get it. I like the youths. I liked that he said that. Yeah. I would have liked if he was like, sometimes they need a drink. And then he pulled out a drawer and be like, I also have an assortment of chocolates and like yeah. and this air fryer. I would have liked he, if they were like, I would have liked that. But the yeah. um, straight to alcohol, I mean, it tracks with our society as a whole. But I don't love how everything goes to alcohol. Yeah. As someone who doesn't drink very much at all, I guess I don't really have a right to say that, but... I felt bad about him giving um, Amelia alcohol. He didn't know, but... I know, but it's, like, it's just interesting. Like, it's just interesting. Yeah, I also... Between Amelia operating on Pete and Sam being there and, you know, carrying the bottle down the hallway and Sam being there, there were a number of times in this season so far that I'm wondering... If Sam knows that Amelia has addiction issues, I I mean, I don't see how he couldn't being with Addison, but I feel like he might not know. And I think that's something to look out for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any more stray notes? Nope. That's it. Okay. Sam's style of the week is at the beginning of the episode, Amelia has a beige or like gray very deep v sweater 
with a brown high cami underneath and a shark tooth necklace. It's like peak 2011. And her hair is wavy and camis are like, camis are a staple of the early 2010s and the late 2000s. You layer with like six camis and you're good to go. That's an accessory in itself. Who's our guest star spotlight? Our guest star spotlight is Michaela Watkins, who plays Laura Martin. Okay, this is why I did this. Have you ever seen the backup plan with J-Lo? A long time ago, but yes. Okay, I love that movie. It might be one of my favorite movies. She plays J-Lo's sister, but she's really good at, like, sex comedy, which is, I think, why she works in this episode. Like, yeah. there's something about how she talks about sex that is free and caring and kind of light that even when you're in an episode where she's talking about, like, Parkinson's, but, like, all the sex jokes are still landing in a way that we were talking about before makes us laugh, and we're not quite sure why. Yeah. I think she's really good at that. And um, the other funny fact I found about found out about her is she's um, on... She's credited for three different songs recorded by SNL, which I think is quite interesting because she's not an SNL person. I was just like, it was a very like funny fact that I found on her IMDb. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Very interesting. She also is a rotating co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, Hysteria from Crooked Media. Oh, I love Hysteria. Yeah. yeah so she's on it sometimes. Um, Alyssa Mastromonaco, who is like my idol. She works in the Obama White House and she makes jam now in upstate New York. And she has like three rescue cats and I love her. And then Erin Ryan is the other one. She's a political commentator and comedy writer. And yeah, Alyssa Mastromonaco is, ugh, I love her. She's my like idol. I love her. And Michaela Watkins is on there sometimes in their panel. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. You're welcome. Trivia for this week. This episode scored 6.51 million viewers. So we're down a full million from the premiere. Yeah. But we are up about half a million from the last episode. So I don't know. This episode introduces Erica and Mason Warner. I don't know why that's trivia, but like it is. Violet gets a haircut resulting in much shorter hair. Apparently that's trivia worth writing about. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Those last two, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> this is newsworthy? You're like, I guess so. Tell me about Christina's choosings. So this is where you guess what's going to happen next. I remember. I remember this time. I wrote that I'm really excited to see what the bombshell of the Cooper baby. I'm going to call him the Cooper baby. The Cooper baby is because I'm such a Charlotte Cooper stan that I have fears of what's going to happen. And if it's a split, I'm going to be really sad because I'm such a Cooper Charlotte stan. What else did I wrote? I wrote, oh, something's happening between Addison and Jake. I don't know what it is, but I'm calling right now that there's something's going to happen between Addison and Jake. Okay. That's funny. Melody said that same thing. Yeah. Well, I also love him because like Miss Congeniality, please. I know. <laughs> Listen, it only gets better with age and Hispanic men only get better with age. Okay, said it. And then the other one was, I feel like Pete's going to have some kind of breakdown. I don't know what that means, but that's what I feel like is going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Anything about Amelia? I know Amelia's storyline. So I was like, I yeah. know, I know more than I should. So I feel like that I can't give a guesstimation to. That's fine. Thank you for your choosings. Thank you. Uh, Who's your MVP? I said I don't know if I have one this episode. 
I think it would have to be Addison because I like watching her grow as a person. And I think her character has gone through a lot between this and Grey's. And so any moment I get to see like true authentic growth from Addison makes me excited because like I know she's a good person and she's capable. Where she's been. Yeah. And I know she's capable of it. And so like her in therapy and all the stuff with Sam and all the stuff with Violet, it's like you get to see moments of her because like the last time I was here, we watched an episode where like I hated Addison that entire episode at the wedding. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to like Addison again. So I, I like Addison growing. I love that. Mine is Amelia for staying committed to staying sober day by day, which I think is important. And she lost sight of for a minute. Mm-hmm. Helping Lisa the best that she can. Amelia's growth. And honestly, for those funny lines to Charlotte that we were talking about. Yeah. Also, do you mean helping Lauren? Who's Lauren? The Her patient? Laura. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you. You said Lisa. I was like, who's Lisa? Did Did I say Lauren? Oh, look, neither of us got it right. That's fine. So good. So good. All right. You tell me your rating and then I'm going to try and come up with one. Okay. I don't know if you are a swimmer. I grew up in California and I swim in the bay and it's like this thing that I've done my entire childhood. And so when you go out, you can see like seals. Have you ever seen like a seal or a sea lion in the water? And it's just like a, a small little head. And then their whole body is the, underneath. It's kind of like a, if you think of like a, an iceberg. So I wrote that my rating feels like a seal bobbing in the ocean. And you never know what is underneath or how big it is. And so I feel like this episode is about not knowing what someone's going through and how far back it actually leads. Ooh, that's a really good one. Thanks. Ooh, I I wrote one down. But now I, I like yours so much better and ours are like the same but different. So when you said you were in the bay, I immediately was thinking of tubing or like just being in an inner tube and like chilling. Yeah. But then that made me think of like going further out to sea and and you look at the – land and you see the bigger picture mm-hmm. so then I said a sunset cruise because it feels like for some of these storylines even though we're only in the third episode of this season it's kind of like what's like how much further can we possibly like how many more days can Pete possibly be yelling at Violet for like how much longer can Sam and Addison not talk about IVF for sure so I said sunset cruise, you go out and out and out and you're seeing the bigger picture of the land and like where you came from and like you sat in traffic to get to the pier or like you looked for parking everywhere and so you only like your tunnel vision for finding the place where you're getting on the boat was so small and then you see the whole beach town. Mm-hmm. Seeing the bigger picture just because I feel like Pete is starting to see the bigger picture and Amelia was starting to see the bigger picture. And, you know, Sam saw the bigger picture when it comes to Laura. I like these. These are good ratings. Yeah. They're the same but different. That's very interesting. Yeah. 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 Thank you for being here. Anything before credits? No. Thanks for having me. 
Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Beach Houses and Babies, a private practice recap podcast. Please follow us on Instagram at BHAB Podcast and be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you listen to be the first to hear future episodes. You can find me at Samantha G. Harris on all social media. And you can follow me at Prima Donna Pena on all social media. If you'd like to support Beach Houses and Babies, please consider leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and sharing with a friend. It really helps people learn about the show. And if we ever get a new one, we might read your review on the podcast. You can also become a patron at patreon.com slash podcast. On our next episode, we'll be discussing Private Practice Season 5, Episode 4. They're available to stream on Hulu and Amazon and can be purchased on iTunes, DVD, and more. If you have thoughts you'd like to share with us on these episodes, please DM us on Instagram at bhabpodcast or email us at bhabpodcast at gmail.com to be featured on our listener mail segment. Thanks for listening. BHAB Podcast will be back in two weeks. TGIT. That was so funny. Oh my God. I almost just like bust up laughing. That's like my mic's on. I have to turn it off because I'm going to die crying laughing. (laughs) Oh, that was so good.